Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. I am so excited to bring you this special episode today with my guests, Shelly Pack and Ben Roth. They are improv comedians and they work at IFTP, Improv for the People, among other things. This is an awesome episode on the pleasure of comedy and how comedy greatly enhances our life. I actually find that improv is very helpful for dating and relationships and life in general. So check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of The Pleasure Path. I am so stoked to have Shelly Pack and Ben Roth here. They are both comedians and also do improv or teacher improv. And I'm really excited about sharing their gifts with each of you. So Shelly, do you mind introducing yourself a little bit about who you are? What inspired you to get into comedy? Sure. Um, Hi, everybody. Hi, audience. Uh, My name is Shelly Pack. Um, I fell in love with improv, uh, probably during school where they just didn't give us scripts and our theater class was improv. It was getting up and just being in the moment and, um, you know, comedy, they say, you know, it kind of finds you, (laughs) you know, we all want to be the ingenue that has love interest, but at the end of the day, I'm probably going to be the comedic role with like the gray hair and like a lot of makeup with, you know, so comedy (laughs) is one of those things that, um, when you can make people laugh, I was bullied a lot. So making people laugh was a way of diffusing the situation. And so what started as maybe a defense mechanism, um, came into just really how I, you know, create and how I express myself, which is improv. Um, it's my preferred form of comedy, their stand-up, their sketch. Um, I prefer improv. I love making up stuff that will never be seen again and creating with other people and um, being in the moment. Um, that's, that's why I love improv. Um, and I've been doing it for, you know, a good while now. And I use it for my writing. I'm also a filmmaker. Um, I use it for everything. I work with kids with uh, autism. So I teach them improv as a way of uh, learning social skills. And uh, I find it useful in everyday life as well as in, you know, as therapy. Uh, Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Ben Roth, and I have been doing improv, I would say, professionally for about a a year and a half, almost two years now. Um, I first I first did it back in back in high school in my high school's drama department. Uh, and then I forgot about it. I forgot about it and I got a job during college, so I didn't do much performing. And, uh, I always enjoyed entertaining people though. Uh, ever since I was a little kid, whether it was, you know, making silly faces or just being a goofball and making home movies, I always enjoyed entertaining people. And it wasn't until a few months ago, really, that I realized how much I really enjoy performing and being in front of people. And uh, I was looking for a creative outlet uh, about like two years ago from getting out of uh, advertising. And uh, I was dating someone that was doing improv. And I was like, I want to do that again, because I enjoyed that so much. And uh, it was probably one of the best 
decisions that I've made since coming out to LA was to pick up improv again because it's greatly helped me uh, develop further develop as a person. I'm really curious about that idea of personal development and Shelly said it as therapy, you know, and I love that both of you this sprang from something though it came early in your life. And also, you know, from what Shelly shared from a place of, of growth or struggle. And so tell us about improv as a way to develop who you are and to bring light to other people. So for me, improv is, it's a lot about connecting with other people. Um, in the scene, you don't know what's going to happen. You can't come in with an agenda. So there are certain rules of improv that I find apply to life. One, make the other person look good. If you are in this world to support other people and make the person you're with look good and feel good, it not only benefits you, but it will benefit the scene. Um, there are no mistakes or accidents. In a scene, if someone fumbles a word or what seemingly would be a mistake or an accident, you use it. And so in life, when there's something that seemingly is a mistake or a quote unquote accident, um, we don't believe in that. We believe that we use it and it's great that that happened. And so in life, I find that if I utilize that, um, I see things a little bit differently. Um, there's a lot of trust that has to happen on stage that I also find in life. A little element of faith, not like the typical faith that, that we talk about in like the Bible, but more of just like a inner knowing that the best is going to be served. There's something about doing an improv scene it on how the audience is reacting. So what they're feeling is funny, you then embellish that. So really you're gratifying the audience instantly. And in return, you're getting that gratification. It's almost like when a cat purrs, like the cat feels good, but you feel good making that cat purr. It's almost like when you've got that audience purring, like you both are feeling that satisfaction. Um, I think there's something magical about improv that it like life, you don't know what's going to happen, but you make the best of it. And then the outcome is, is joy is laughter. So also finding the humor in things too. So that's, that's what I love. So beautiful. Yeah. Mm. I have yeah. a huge smile on my face just hearing that. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Ben. Yeah. To kind of initially you, you bring up a good point about how, uh, about, you know, like whenever there, there are accidents in improv that, you know, that we just use that. And I think that's a really good point because, uh, like whenever, or whenever accidents happen in life, we, we start to judge them, you know, and we, and we attribute negative energy towards it. But whereas in improv, you, if, if you want, if you want to do well in it, you have to agree with it and, 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 and yes, and it. And if we kind of did that more in, in real life, I think, you know, we would ultimately kind of be happier and not feel the need to, to judge ourselves. And on like a bigger scale, like that, that whole sense of judgment, what I really love about not even necessarily performing for an audience, but just even just being in like a, like an improv class is that you're with these people that you, you may not know them, but you're going up there and you're doing scenes together. And it's probably one of the most vulnerable things you can do, having no relationship with, with your scene partner or knowing what, what you're going to talk about. 
And there's something that's kind of freeing about being thrown into that intense state of vulnerability and then it being blacked out a few moments later and realizing like, Hey, I'm okay. You know, think everything like, regardless of how the scene went, like I'm still here, I'm still me, you know, like it's, everything is okay. And I think getting that kind of, uh, experience over time it just really is really helpful in just kind of breaking down you know any walls that you hold up in real life that like you know you you're not going to be okay you know in life instead of saying no but you know to try and say yes and more to things um and i think that's a big thing we never throw anything away or try and stop it we say yes to it and we add on and i think that in life when you tend to say yes more um, and find ways for it to be a positive thing instead of the negation of the no, the no, but, um, you tend to invite more opportunities into your life and experience them in a, in a different, in a profoundly different way. So I just wanted to add on to that, Ben. I thought that was, I like that. I wanted to piggyback on your thing there. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of that going on. I bet. Yeah. It's beautiful the way that both of you have shared and iterated with each other on yes and and faith. And how does that muscle of trust get built? Or did you feel like you had that from the beginning? Mm. I mean, I think for me, um, because I did improv so early on, I mean, we're talking in middle school, it just became something like, I think the confidence grew in me where I knew I was going to be okay, no matter what um, I'd have something funny. I'd find something funny in it. So I think the confidence came in. Um, people will ask me if I get nervous before a show and I really don't because you don't know what's going to happen. So there's no point in trying to be nervous around it. You have to trust that whatever comes up, it's going to be okay. Um, when I used to do stand up, I would, because there were so many factors. I get five minutes and I, is this joke going to land? And, you know, there was all these things that just really made it an unpleasant experience, even though like there were, you know, really successful nights for me, improv is that one thing where you don't have to have the stress and anxiety around it. It should be like playing. It should be like going to a playground and going on the swings. It shouldn't feel like um, a job or something you have to write or think heavily about. It should be something that in the moment you're enjoy. And I think that does come with time. I don't think that, you know, initially the first day doing improv, if you started, you know, as an adult, you'd be like, this is easy. No. I mean, I think it takes an element of vulnerability, like Ben said, um, and then practice and knowing that it is going to be okay. And if you have an improv scene, that's not funny. Who cares? It's done. You're going to have another scene in two minutes. So you don't need to hold on to like having a scene that maybe didn't work, whatever it's done. You're going to have a new scene and it'll be funny the next time. So there's always that too. You know, there's always redemption in improv. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's a totally different environment between when it's, when it's for a show, like when, when you're in a show, you're really relying heavily on trusting your other scene partners. Um, to really, to, to, to have your back, you know, in case if a scene's not working out for you. And like Shelly said before, like, it's all about trust and, and supporting each other. And that's particularly important 
on on stage and that all really gets developed like when we're all practicing in the in the classroom um and but even then even in in the classroom that that sense of trust comes up from just supporting each other from for just like for just getting up there or even supporting each other for when the scenes are bad or not bad, but like not, not super hilarious or, or, or whatever, but uh, you know, just kind of feeling like no matter what choices we make in the classroom that like the people that we're with aren't going to think any less of us. And, and, and that is something that definitely comes over time. But I think when you have, when everyone is, you know, jumping in and uh, doing crazy accents or weird characters, like it's so easy to then be like, Oh, if everyone's doing it, then why should I hold any sense of judgment towards myself for being weird, for being weird or eccentric? You know, I agree with Ben. There is a, you know, it helps to have your get comfortable in improv when you know you can trust um the people you know the improv for the people where ben and i um are members of the company it's a very fortunate place that we have where everyone in the group is very super supportive and um it's it's not always like that but i think that we tend to attract um you know, people that are similar to us. And so I think it's really cool that improv for the people has this group now of like-minded people. I mean, we're not like, you know, village of the dam, but we're, you know, we just all (laughs) (laughs) love improv and we love being positive and supporting each other. You know, when any of us have an event outside of class, the whole theater comes to support. Um, It's, it makes improv. Yeah. The scariness around improv lessens because you feel that, the people you're with don't judge you. And if something's like maybe not working, they're going to come in and support you and make it work. Or if it doesn't, right, we're all going to, you know, hang out afterwards and it's all good. And again, there's another improv show next month. It doesn't, mm. <laughs> you're never, you know, it's not like you've written anything in stone and then everyone forevermore will be judging you on it. <sighs> didn't work. <laughs> like life, sometimes some days work, some days aren't as good, but then the next you have another day. Um, I wanted to, you know, talk more about how I feel it's, you know, how improv is therapeutic. I I do believe that, um, not only for, you know, people who during their day to day to feel comfortable in their bodies and in their own minds and have that confidence. I think improv has given me a confidence in life where I know I can go into a room, be it a meeting or an audition or anything and not be intimidated. It's like, I, I do improv comedy. What are you going to bring here that I'm not going to be able to handle? Like, <laughs> I there's nothing more vulnerable, like Ben said, than being on stage and, and like, I'm here to make you laugh. So once you've conquered that, there really isn't a situation where you don't have a, a level of confidence going in. Mm. At least that's how I feel. And I hope that I can instill that. You know, I've started uh, teaching improv, which I had never done. And I'm, I really enjoy seeing the confidence in my, in the students growing. I can see it. I can see them getting better because they're getting more confident in themselves. It's really beautiful to watch, to be someone who helped facilitate that. And then to see it come into fruition, to see these, you know, we're all souls trying to find our way. And, you know, so we have this gift of making people laugh. So to help our students like hone it in a way where they build their confidence and then to see that confidence blossom on stage and in the classroom, 
it's beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. It really is. And, and also to your, not only are we making other people laugh, I find a, a lot of the times when I enjoy improv the most is when I make myself laugh. Like if I just surprise myself with something that I would have never expected, uh, like some weird, some weird connection that like just made a scene work. Like I love surprising myself or just saying the most randomly absurd things and just laughing about it as soon as the scene is over. Cause it was just ridiculous. Yeah. I, <laughs> I wait you. There's certain concepts I'll be like, man, that was pretty funny. Like, I'll surprise myself sometimes. I'm like, oh, you just don't know what's going to sometimes come out of your, your, your mind, but then you justify it. So you can say something silly, but then as long as you're able to make it make sense, um, it works. And I think that's in life too. Like, go ahead, be bold, make bold choices, just back them up see him through and it's going to work. People will, will let you do what you want to do. Um, you don't need to ask permission in improv. You just do it. It's not like, should I be this way? Or you need to be bold and you need to be in the scene and you need to be invested. And I think in life too, if you're bold and you're invested and you're not worried about what people think, but you're out to make everyone else look good, then you're going to be successful. I do believe that. Mm. I agree. That's such great wisdom, especially the being bold and not apologizing, not asking for permission. How has doing improv affected your relationship? I know that you've been doing it for a long time. Well, I use it in a slight, I used uh, my improv shows in a slightly different way. I use them as a test. So I bring a date to my show if their reaction was mediocre or, Oh, I think someone said to me once, like, you look like you're having fun up there. (laughs) When I was making everyone die of laughter. Yeah. I was having a good time. My husband, my husband. Now I our first date was at an improv show. He of course was like, this is amazing. You were so great. I took him to a second improv show and then we were together ever since, but I used it as a gauge to see, because it's what I'm passionate about. So if you're not passionate or excited about what I'm doing, then I don't really, you're, this, this doesn't interest me anymore. Um, so I used improv for that, but I also think, yeah, just the confidence going into dating, I think, uh, would help me a lot knowing that I'm a, you know, trained improviser, you know, I know I can make the date laugh, so I'm going to be entertaining but it also gave me a confidence where I wasn't intimidated by any date I went on. I looked at myself as the casting director, so to speak. And they were, this is terrible. They were auditioning for me. So I was plenty, you know what I mean? I just kind of took that spin on it. Um, And I also asked for the best. I think that's important in dating. Ladies, gentlemen, uh, don't ask for the bare minimum. Oh, I just want someone with a job or, I just want someone who's happy most of the time. Don't go for that because then you'll get that. Ask for the best. It doesn't need to be like how it works out or the specifics, but ask for what's the best for you and then kind of move towards that. And then, you know, if the best doesn't show up, that's not, that's not your pick. You know, if you go on a date and someone's not the best, you're like, ah, that's not, not him, not him. And you keep moving. That's my heart. That's Shelly's school of art <laughs> and dating. <laughs> I love that you use improv at, as a test. Yeah, to, yeah. To read that. That's great. I mean, that, that makes so much sense, though, because, like, you know, if, if, you, if you have someone that 
can like that like gets improv for like more for more than what it what it seems to be then yeah that's that's totally great yeah and like are you enjoying what i'm doing do you think this is great are you passionate about like even if he doesn't love improv he loves watching me perform on stage so that to me is really important i mean that for as a creative person for someone to be passionate about what i'm creating to me is really important Mm -hmm. Uh, but people need to decide what's important to them but i would definitely ask for the best and then not get nitpicky and just wait for the best you know if someone's not the best they're not for you you move on Mm Yeah, I would say I would say for me, uh, I mean, this is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately is just in I, I'll say I haven't necessarily applied too much of uh, improv to my relationships as of right now, just because of it being kind of a dry spell. Um, but in ter- but I would say in terms of like confidence, yeah, for sure, like that it's um, just, you know, going up there for like scene after scene, like it does help you and build that, that confidence and just going in there and just kind of trusting that, you know, this, uh, this relationship or like this experience will be okay. Um, but you know, one thing that I've been thinking about is like, cause like one of the big things in, in improv is like every scene, you know, like there's something going on between these characters, you know, and like, you, you, like we, we avoid having small talk, uh, and in a lot of, you know, our like relationships now or like uh, in present day relationships, you know, a lot of people are more comfortable having small talk and don't want to talk about really, really in meaty in important things. And so I've been trying to figure out how I can like kind of bridge those two worlds in terms of talking about something that's really important uh, without having to do like a character that has like a British accent and, you know, suffered through world war two, you know, it's, it's, uh, trying to, trying to blend those like two worlds has been an interesting, uh, challenge for me. I think, yeah, I think with improv also, you, 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 whatever you listen more closely to people because you need to use what that person says and you, and, and, and build something from there. So in any relationship, you start at zero and you're going to build something together. And that's like an improv scene. Mm. So if you listen carefully, what you really need to do in improv and you need to be in tune with your partner so you guys can create something together. So I find I'll see improvisers that are struggling and I see them writing in their head or having their own agenda. And if you think about it, like in dating, if you're just thinking about what I'm going to say next and how I'm going to talk about myself, you're really not connecting with your partner. Yeah. But if you start at zero, you listen carefully. And like, if they say something, you yes. And it, Oh yeah, no, I get that. And this is also how I can relate, or this is how I understand you better. Then you're building something together and it's organic, like improv. Um, no one has an agenda. And you're not thinking about just what you're going to say. You literally need to hang on that person's word to make this interaction work or to make a scene work. So I think if you can put that, you know, those guidelines or that way of being into your dates, how you are on stage, you don't need to be goofy to get the laugh because you don't, it doesn't really matter if you get the laugh off the date, you know, no one's watching your date and being like, this is (laughs) Um, but just getting that connected <laughs> with that person is the win for a date. 
So I would think approaching the date like an improv scene where you listen closely, you make the other person look good and feel good. And you kind of just build the building blocks of a scene like that interaction. And it may be, it's just not a match. I mean, I've been in improv scenes where I was like, man, it feels like I'm fighting this. I'm trying so hard to (laughs) make this work, which you know is also a bad sign. Let's just put a relation, interject relationship. Man, I'm trying so hard to make this work, right? But no matter what I do, it's not working. Um, Maybe that guy or that girl's not a match for you. That's okay. Because how are you going to find out if they're your match unless you have an interaction, do a scene? You right. Know? Um, so I would take improv into dating now. You know, thankfully I don't have to date anymore. But it's, I know I sim- I definitely empathize with you, Ben. I've been there. Um, would be to just you know take it in the same way that you take you know your improv scenes, which is always positive. And there's an element of you don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be okay. And to listen closely to your scene partner slash your date and build something organically from that experience. And I've had dates where it wasn't a match, but we ended up having a really cool conversation or I found out they were in the, somewhere in the business that could help me in some way or I could help them. So it doesn't mean that every interaction has to be like uh, the win is if we're a match. There's, mm-hmm. there's other ways to have it be worthy of your time. So if you approach it, each interaction like from that perspective, then you'll get something out of it no matter what the outcome is. I want to expand on, or hear from you all expanding on this. Shelly, you had said something I loved before we really started recording about gratitude and the healing capacity of, of helping people laugh and kind of clearing out the old. Can you just share a bit about that? Yes, for me, you know, it's, I feel so grateful that I've been given the gift of making people laugh because when people are laughing, there's no other feeling that they have than joy. You can't be laughing and also feel pain, hurt, anger, disappointment. So being able to make people laugh is really like being a walking healer. You're able to heal situations, uh, kind of diffuse situations that seem to be uh, adversary just by cracking a joke, making people laugh. Um, I think before I, I know that before I go into a class or before I do a show, I, I ask that I release anything that doesn't serve me anymore because I think it's important to honor our creativity. And if you're thinking about things that don't serve you, worry, doubt, fear, negativity, you're not honoring the gift that you were given, which is to be this vessel, this clear, open vessel for spirit to work through you and through my special gift, my voice, it's, it's comedy. And so I allow that light to come through in in the purest way so that I can be my highest self and I can be not only the funniest possible because I of course want to be funny and make people laugh, but also to serve my scene partners to make them look good. And I get a lot of joy by encouraging other improvisers when I see them doing well and I see their faces, how excited they get when I give them a compliment or the joy of killing a scene where they did super well. It gives me just as much satisfaction sometimes than, than getting that huge laugh. I mean, of course that feels great, but there's an, uh, an element of community where you can share this laughter, um, which is kind of different than stand up, where it's just you 
make them laugh uh, real quick. Uh, in improv, it's really about making the whole group shine and the whole show to work. Um, and there's nothing like having a successful show where you've transformed the audience. Maybe people just need to laugh. And you brought them that, you were that tipping point to change their vibration, to change their energy, to put them in a good place. I once ran into a woman in the Ross dressing room. I didn't know her. I don't know how we started talking. She said, oh, you're so funny. I said, well, I do comedy. She came to my improv show, okay? Stranger. I met her earlier in the day. And she just said, Shelly, I needed to laugh. I just needed to laugh. And we, and I don't want us to ever take for granted the gift that we can make people laugh. It's such a precious gift. So to always be grateful because no one can take that talent from you. And so because we're given this, just to be in a state of gratitude and to ask that things that don't serve us anymore kind of be cleared away so we can truly be in that place of being our best and honoring the gift that we were given. And what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? Giving the gift of laughter? Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I have to agree with a lot of, with what Shelly said, like it is, you know, it's, it's, you are, you're absolutely right in that when you are in that sense of like, just like heavy laughter, like there is nothing else that you're really concerned about, except maybe like how tightly, how tight your like stomach is from, from laughing so hard. Um, and yeah, like it's, it really is, it is very healing to like almost everything else melts away when you're just in that, like that, that fit of laughter or, uh, or even if it's, you know, even if it's not necessarily like a very funny scene, like, you know, I find, I find a lot of my, uh, whenever I go into a scene and it turns kind of dramatic, um, I find it very cathartic because it just allows me to kind of access like certain emo- like emotions that I may not want to like deal with during, uh, during the day. And it just provides a space to release those emotions, you know, in a, in a safe kind of container where, you know, once when the scene is over, like they also kind of vanish. So not only is, uh, you know, kind of letting negative energies go be, before you perform, but they also do get kind of released while you're in a scene too. And I don't think I've ever left an improv class feeling worse than I've, uh, than when I, uh, showed up. I always yeah. end up feeling better afterward. Yeah. Improv is the new yoga. It feels like yeah. such a great yeah. catharsis. And, and there's also and doing, you know, performing for an audience. Uh, there's also a great gift that you're all in the same room. You're all witnessing and experiencing something that is unique. It will not be like this again. You know, it's not going to see Hamilton. Not that Hamilton isn't great. Everyone calm down. It's great. It's great. <laughs> um, but this is something that's designed for this audience because as an improviser, you are not only working with your scene partner, but you're gauging how your how the scene's gonna go or what you're going to lean towards by what the audience reaction is. So that's like our indicator of what we need to go with and go with the flow. So essentially the audience is experiencing a show that's catered for them, specifically for them. Mm-hmm. And they're part of it. They give the suggestions, but even more so, it's what they're laughing at 
that's how we know where to go. That's our guide on, on where the scenes are going to go. So we're experiencing something, not just with our partner, but also energetically with the audience. So it's connecting with them in a way that they're part of the show in a way they didn't really expect, but that we're also feeding them and they're feeding us at the same time. Yeah. And, and it is a really beautiful, like kind of symbiotic relationship that we form with our audience. Um, it, they're a kind audience. I find when people come to improv shows, they're just, they can't believe you're doing something and, and you don't know what you're going to do. So they're very, <laughs> I find that when I did stand up, it was like, uh, make me laugh. Or I, I literally will like have a look of disgust on my face. I don't know why, but it was just not a friendly <clears throat> crowd. Not that I'm saying anything's wrong with stand up. All right. If that's what you love, do it. But for me, there's something that's, you know, it's like a multi-level experience that you have when you're uh, performing improv. Mm. It's more interactive in a way for the audience. Whereas with stand-up, it's, uh, it's more of like a presentation. And like, yeah, right. like, you, you certainly can connect with the audience. Sure. But they're in a more passive stance of expecting you to have material ready. Whereas with improv, you know, the audience knows just as much as we do, which is, I don't think people really think about that as much, but like when you, when you make that kind of connection, you're like, Holy crap. Like this is like a really like a once in a lifetime experience that no one else is going to ever get to see. Right. And you know, like in stand up, you'll have your 10 minutes. You're going to do that no matter what. And that's it. And you're doing it. But with improv, it's like you're creating that material with the audience so it's not like you're stuck doing 10 minutes that aren't going to work. You're going to keep working the scenes until you and the audience are, until we're all laughing. And then we're like, okay, now we're in the groove. Now this is where we're going. Um, but it's definitely more of a, and it'll never be done again. We're never going to have the same improv scene twice. Just like you, in life, you'll never have the same moment twice. Um, so you want to enjoy each moment in improv. It's unique. And try and, and like in life to bring as much joy out of this experience um, that you can because it won't happen again. But that's okay because you made something great and then you go on and make something great again. But it's special to the audience. They were part of something very unique that they didn't realize, but it's because of what they thought was funny or what, what they were feeling that they got the show that came forward. Yeah. Do you ever think about how that's impacting them when they go home? You know, they might look at their partner differently or the next day they might see someone that reminds them of a character and how that co-created collaborative experience is now rippling out over and over and over again. It's interesting. I, I never really think about it like that, although that's a really cool perspective, which I will now. Um, I want to remind people about that, you, that it's okay to laugh, that laughter feels good. And also the element of playing. As adults, we forget to play, to have fun. Um, and it's not in the same way like we want to play hide and seek or tag. Um, for, us, it, for us, it's improv, performing. But for the audience, you're allowed to go out and have laughter too and to bring that joy, then extend that laughter out. So I hope that when we do a show where we've made everyone laugh and everyone's kind of, we've changed their frequency and when you change their frequency and their vibration, it does ripple out. 
Some people might hold on to that frequency even longer, which would even further the ripple effect. It might affect how they treat the next person they see the next day because they're just in a good mood from your show. So I think the joy and the, and the changing of someone maybe feeling negative and changing it to like a, hey, it's okay, and a playful, positive mood, I think that ripple effect is what I, I usually focus on. And I do think that's impactful. I do. Yeah, I've, I've also never really considered that that kind of that perspective of, you know, how the show kind of impacted their lives out or after afterwards. Um, and, and yeah, and to, like Shelly kind of mentioned it earlier about how like whenever audiences show up that like really want to be there, you know, like they're just, they're just like super impressed with, like she said, with people that are just up there, like not having any, any script. And, and I think, you know, from, the times I remember being in an audience and watching like really good improvisers, it's like, it, it's, it's empowering. Like it, it's amazing seeing people go up there that are just, you know, being super, super vulnerable. And in, like it, it's, an, it's empowering and it's encouraging to like, you know, wanting to push your own self beyond your own limits. And um, I could definitely see, I mean, yeah, this is a truly like powerful like art form, and I could definitely, I would definitely hope that like people become inspired to like kind of push their own boundaries and edges, uh, whether it's performing or just something else. But like just seeing people go up there totally un, un, unprepared, there might be some some minor mishaps or like failures, but like the fact that like they just keep going and just keep going through the scene and just making it work, like that's it's really empowering such grit and such resilience and tenacity. Yeah, I agree. And Shelly said something earlier about redemption, which really landed with me of what if we allowed ourselves to just move forward and feel redeemed that we're, you know, we're not perfect, but we're, we're doing the best that we can. Exactly. There's always another improv scene. There's another show. So you don't need to, in like in life, get hung up on past scenes or mistakes we seemingly have made. Again, there are no mistakes, so just use it. Um, if you view it as a mistake and then see it in that realm, in that box, you're just giving more energy to it in that way. Use it, and it'll change actually how you feel about that quote-unquote accident or mistake. And just know that nobody else is remembering that bad scene, that moment that you didn't care for. Um, we're just ready for you to do another scene again and to have another moment. So there is always redemption in improv. If you're stuck in like a show for six months, that's not a good show. It's like, man, redemption is far away. But in improv, there's always another scene, even in the same class, even in the two and a half hour class. We had a, we had a rough start last night. <laughs> a couple stinkers. Sometimes, you know, I'll just be like, well, you know, let's just move on. And then by the end of the night, we don't care. We remember the great scenes at the end. And I think in life too, we should also focus on that. Focus, focus on what's working and your good scenes. The ones that made people laugh. And there's also uh, something I, I, use, I, I live by that cater to who's laughing in a, when you, I used to do stand up, you might get a group that's laughing and then like two like stinker puss faces over here. And our instinct is to keep 
trying to get the stinker pusses to smile and to laugh and to like us. And what I want us to hopefully, uh, you know, try and implement is to focus on who's laughing, who is on our side, who gets us and focus our energy on them, make them laugh more, build the bond with who's laughing, who's on your side and don't focus on who's not. And I think in life too, focus on what's working. Don't focus on the two stinker pusses who just don't want to laugh because maybe that there are other comedians that don't want you to have a good set. Who knows? Who knows? It's obviously not because the material wasn't funny. The material was funny. Um, but I think in life, focus on who's laughing, who's on your side, who's rooting for you, who's giving you positivity. Focus on that, not on the, the people who aren't laughing or who's not or what's not working. Yeah, we all you know, again, we find comedy maybe because we didn't have that, you know, encouragement or, or guidance. Um, but then we find each other. And I knew like in school, when I was with the theater people, it's kind of a group of people that's like, come on, man, we're all kind of different. (laughs) see Things different, but we love you. Come eat lunch with us, you know? And that's when I really felt at home was with, you know, theater people. I feel that they, we might be a little misunderstood, we've got big hearts and, you know, we've got a lot to say and we'd always get each other's backs. There's, we don't have that, you know, I need to outperform you attitude. Not saying that that doesn't exist amongst actors. Um, but we're very fortunate to not have that in, 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 at improv for the people. It definitely is a, we all work to make sure everyone feels comfortable and, and feels good about their performing and being in our group. Yeah. It's not, it's not about a, or it's not about a competition or like who's, who's in more shows or anything like that. Like I, I still think back to just one of, one of the first like moments that I really was like truly grateful for like having started at uh, improv for the people was like being in my like intro class and just like sitting there and just kind of like watching people go up and just kind of realizing like, this is just an experience that only we will get to share, like being with people that uh, are just doing improv for the first time. And we're all just like taking the chances to be vulnerable and just go up there and just play and have fun. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just a really, it's just a really fun art form. Thank you, Ben and Shelley for sharing your wisdom and your humor and the depth of your compassion and humanity. I always ask guests what brings them pleasure. So I would love to hear, yeah, what lights you up? What brings you pleasure? So for me, obviously, I I love performing and making people laugh. Um, I find being of service really brings a lot of joy to my life. Um, When I'm working, I work with kids with autism and other special needs. Um, I find that it focuses me to be present because I know that when I'm doing that, I'm not, I'm not in a state of worry. I'm not in a state of, should I be somewhere else? I know I'm in the right place. And that gives me a sense of joy. Just being like, you're doing the right thing. You're in the right place. And then when I can bring that joy to others, when I see someone who's nonverbal, be able to sing for the first time or, find their, or find joy in, commu- you know, their way of communicating, it brings profound joy. It's almost like the little things like going roller skating or getting a snack. It's like, ah, it just doesn't do, it can't, <laughs> those things just, I mean, they're just temporary joys that I guess, not that they aren't important, 
but that um, I guess I just maybe seek out joys that are going to sustain me and bring, like, kind of carry me beyond that moment. So I think being of service, um, I like volunteering. I work, uh, volunteer at a homeless shelter with uh, the kids there, and we play games and we do creative play and use our imaginations. And it just brings me a lot of joy to, to, not only play, but to see just to bring joy to, you know, these kids faces. There's, there's something about bringing happiness to somebody else. And I think if we work on that more, there's a different level of joy that doesn't sustain you for the moment, but that's ongoing. Um, that if we look for ways to do that, be it volunteer work or, you know, whatever, however it may be that you serve someone else, taking care of a family member or whatever. Um, Bringing joy to somebody else gives me a profound feeling of gratitude and, and it makes me truly happy. Mm. 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 For me, uh, what, what brings me alive the most, I, would, I, I just kind of love, what I love about improv is that it just makes me feel very present and grounded um, when I'm not in my head during a scene. Um, but... Yeah, I love I love that that feeling of like being grounded and like here in the moment. And one of the ways, aside from improv, that gets me there is it's just through dance. You know, I just really enjoy uh, those those moments when I can just fully just dance and not really care what anyone else is you know thinking or feeling like I'm being judged. And I could just kind of just be totally in my own my own space, my own rhythm with uh, you know some some piece of music and. Yeah, I just, I really enjoy that time. I can just move and just really connect with my body. Mm. Now I want to see a YouTube video of, of Ben dancing. I do too. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> Let's make that happen. Yes. Thank you both so much there. for sharing. Oh, there might be. Okay. Well, I know there's, there's what, Dragatha Christie and there's some other fun things that Improv for the People does. Do you want to just give a shout out to the studio so that people listening in LA know how to find you both? Yes, we definitely do. We are Improv for the People. We perform at the Pico Playhouse. I feel really honored and blessed that you have shared your time with us today. So thank you again, both Shelly and Ben. And we will put uh, your website and all your information uh, in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Violet. It was an absolute pleasure. Yes. Thank you, Violet. This was great. Thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. I'm here to end the suffering of abuse and loneliness, and it starts with you. Please subscribe to my show and leave a review. If you want more love, pleasure, and power in your life, go to violetlang.com forward slash talk. That's violetlang.com forward slash talk to sign up for a free Breakthrough to Love call. These are special deep dives only for women who are committed and ready for lasting love. If that's you, book your time now with me or my team.